Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. One, two, three, four. Good Sunday morning, everybody. From the Kia Studios, nine floors up here in Midtown Atlanta. It's weekend mornings with Sam and Greg, but we're still looking for Greg. He's missing yesterday. We don't know if we're going to find this guy, but we're here anyway from 6 until 10. I got a lot of fun and great information and a great show lined up for you. So hope you're going to start the day with us. So thankful to have you with us this morning. Uh, nice outside. Hope you're going to have another day. Boy, it got hot yesterday. The heat that we uh, know we usually have this time of year where we live really showed up yesterday. And I maybe not be quite as hot today. We got a little bit of a breeze blowing. Maybe we get a little bit of rain today. Huh? Maybe. We'll, we'll, we'll look and see. We'll look and see. But hope all is well with you on this weekend, this first weekend in the month of June. Uh, school is out and people are uh, doing things that they don't normally do when school is in session. You're on vacation. You're taking trips. You're going and seeing things. Uh, young folks are getting set next week. Better start some camps. Some may be doing summer schools. Be doing some things like that. And some of our fall sports teams uh, will actually be doing some workout and conditioning and getting set for the upcoming year. So we'll be talking about some of those things as we go along. But of course, it's been a busy sports week around here. The Braves are out of town. But we had Atlanta United play here in town. We had the Falcons working out. You know, at Mercedes-Benz Stadium this week. We're going to get into that some today. we got a former Falcons going to stop by who still keeps an eye on his team, Chris Draft, uh, busy doing so many things uh, here in the community and across the country. Uh, but he's going to slow down a little bit and come in and spend some time with us this morning, being an in-studio guest starting at 7 o'clock. Hope you stay tuned for that. We're going to get you all set for Game 2 of the NBA Finals. That's coming up tonight. We have a couple of people who've been like, you know, in, involved with the coverage of the two teams that are involved. I think you're going to enjoy hearing from them uh, this morning as well. Uh, Braves get a win last night. We're going to talk some baseball. Mark Simon, who usually joins us on Sunday, uh, Sports, uh, Sports Info Solutions, going to join us, uh, talk a little bit about this baseball team as they get set to come home and face his favorite team, the New York Mets. That should be a lot of fun having that conversation with him, right? Uh, so we talk with him about that coming up. French Open continues. And they're on the court playing right now as we speak. Karen Pastena will join us later this hour uh, to talk about what's happened there, what has transpired, and what she sees uh, for the second week of this tournament. For the Americans that remain, all the men out of the men's draw now gone. Coco Golf still uh, moving forward on the women's side, uh, as well as in doubles as well. 
with Jessica Pagula. So uh, we'll see that and talk with her about that at 645 today. Well, right now we don't have Greg here, but Max is on the other side of the glass. Good morning, Max. What's going on, dude? Good morning. Good morning. I know he's probably at Bucky's, like you said. Yeah, well, he is Bucky's, man. <laughs> he, you know, he's there early for that brisket, you know what I mean? And, of course, they have those great gas prices. And, I, like I said, a whole lot of clean toilets. So, you know, you know, if, I don't know if any of you listening, if you listening, I've been to a restroom, to a gas station restroom lately. Have you noticed they're a lot cleaner? And you know why? Because of Bucky's, man. If they can keep 50 of them clean, you got that one, <laughs> you got that one commode with a science project going on in it. You can keep that one clean, right? Because, <laughs> right, right? They're the Golden State Warriors of, of gas stations. Truly, truly, truly. They're the game changer. I didn't know it was that big of a deal. They came to Daytona Beach, yeah. um, and they're like, oh, man, you got to go to the bathroom. So I was like, what? I'm like, what do you mean go to the bathroom? So I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like the <laughs> level of excellence they demand from their staff. They yeah. have someone there who specifically makes sure that the bathrooms are clean. I'm like, okay, come on. So then I went in there. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Like, I felt like I was in my house. Yeah, yeah. You know, And that many. You yeah. know what I mean? That many, and they keep them clean. And I think they have the shamed. They have shamed other uh, <laughs> uh, gas stations into cleaning. You know, they got a one hole. Then clean that thing. You know what I mean? If these people can clean all these, what's wrong with that one you got? Like I said, you got a cure for something uh, brewing in that thing. So, <laughs> so, so, <laughs> the difference that Bucky's makes. And so some people may not have gone. That's where some people are going. You know, we're out of school, got time. You got time to go visit Bucky's. And I don't know if you've, I'm sure you've experienced this anytime. I haven't been to a Bucky's since I've been in Georgia. Okay. So I haven't experienced that. But mm-hmm. anytime you go to a Bucky's, it's almost like, I don't know, it feels like Black Friday. Yeah. It's like you can't yeah. move anywhere. Yeah. yeah. And people are getting stuff. And I'm like, dude, do you really need that? It, it doesn't matter if they need it or not, right? They just see it and they just grab it, man. It's, it's, it, it is the, uh, somebody said it is the combination of a Cracker Barrel and Walmart. It is, it is, it is definitely that man. Um, you know, and that's, and you know what? And I got, I got to be careful because David's going to get after me because I don't know if they're sponsoring. So, you know, right, but, right, but, right, but, right, but right. we know that if you're traveling, that's where Greg know, is. That's, that's what Greg is. Tell Greg we said hello. We miss him and whatnot. He really is doing something pretty cool though. We may, we may chat a little bit about that today. What, what, what he's doing because today is is really something special that he reflects on. Uh, today is June fourth, so this is the this is D Day, and uh, the, uh, and uh, Greg will always remind us that his father was a part of it. He was a uh, part of the uh, the second day of the uh, the invasion uh, during World War II, and uh, his dad turns ninety nine. Wow! Yeah, this week, and uh, pretty pretty remarkable, pretty remarkable. So that's something we we think about. Uh, Greg was not not long, and Mr. Clarkson um, this weekend. As, he, as, as uh, Greg is not with us. Uh, but we remember those things that are going on. Uh, Braves get the win last night, and Spencer Strider's on the mound, and they needed something. They needed something good to happen. I mean, they were in this Arizona team that's also a division leader. They had a less than great stay in Oakland. And as they get ready to, to turn and head back for home, they needed something good to happen. So Strider goes six innings, uh, gives up a couple of runs, strikes out seven. Uh, but the game, you know, was really going in such a place. And, and the thing that happened in the sixth inning kind of sealed the deal for the Braves. Take a listen. Oh, oh boy. Ronald Acuna Jr. with a tape measure shot. He had not homered in a couple of weeks, so he was due. 
He breaks out in a big way, his 12th of the year. And, folks, it traveled 464 feet. <laughs> yeah, he did. He broke out a big way. That was at the sixth inning, gave the Braves a 5-1 lead and basically slammed the door. Braves win it by a score of 5-2 over the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, I stayed up last, last last night. I just wanted to see these guys play and see if they could pull one out. And so I was up kind of late watching them, but I just wanted to see how well they would do. And uh, he was able to do that, and a big home run for him. I think he also had a stolen base last night, another stolen base. He's got this thing where if the pitcher's looking down and not paying attention and the third baseman is like kind of cheating coming over, to he just takes off and runs. And it's, it works. It, it, it works. It, it's, you know, it's exciting to see. Um, like I said, once again, with the base pass being where they are, it makes it so inviting for him to do things like that. So it's his 24th stolen base. So like we said, we got 12 home runs. We've got 24 stolen bases so far this year. So, you know, everybody's keeping that running count and trying to see what kind of total he can get. He's on an incredible pace. And so we see what happens with the Braves as they get ready to take on the Arizona Diamondbacks and close up that series. They get tomorrow off, and then the Mets roll into town for three big games at Truist Park. This week, I'm sure the place is going to be packed. Uh, I'm sure some of those New York fans are going to try to come out and and uh, try to pull for their team, but I'm sure the Atlanta fans are going to make it difficult for them to get those tickets, uh, keep those folks out of the stadium. It should be a lot of fun. i tell you somebody who's got just rotten luck right now is Michael Harris is second. He is like, you know, well, really, we talked about how the Oakland Stadium has this extra foul ground where you pop on you got all you got acres to run for. It seems like the outfield at Arizona is like just masked. It just seems that way. It is. It doesn't look like that. It looks like it's huge, man. And the Braves are hitting ball. They, they're hitting it, you know, nailing it. But guys are able to run it down. And it was very frustrating. And Harris got robbed a couple of times last night. I mean, he, you know, he's, you know, he's had some struggles at the plate and. Of late, he's, he's you know getting on base and trying to do some some things and great that he does a great job in in the outfield as always. But you want to see that bat come back to what we saw last year, and man, he was he's hitting it good in good direction, and they're just making some plays on him right now. I hope you just just hang in there, keep working at it, and keep hitting it, and see what happens if they can can get another win today before they head for home. Just talking about the Braves um, this week, news NASCAR. Uh, they're running out in St. Louis, and Chase Elliott will not be there. Um, and had a, had a run-in on the track last week and caused a wreck. And, well, they, they say they gave him credit for causing the wreck. And so he is out of the car this week. And so, you know, NASCAR trying to, you know, be, I guess, have a firm hand on even one of their more popular drivers. Well, he is the most popular driver uh, and thought it was retaliation. And he didn't, you know, think so. So he doesn't agree that it was. But uh, he is out of the car this week. So that's some time he spent out of that car. He's not going to race this week in St. Louis. Maybe missed several uh, races for the for the snowboarding accident that he uh, that he had, and you know, and had to sit out. So uh, I think they're going to do some things for a waiver to try to make sure he could qualify for the playoffs. Uh, so we keep an eye uh, on that. Adam Alexander usually joins us. Not going to wake him up this morning. He's all the way out in Portland. Uh, <laughs> the Xfinity Series race ran there, but the Cup cars are running in St. Louis. This week, we'll keep an eye out for that. They, he just had a marathon last weekend because the rain that just socked in North Carolina last week didn't allow them to race on Sunday. They moved it to, to Monday. And, um, you know, the Xfinity Series race that was supposed to run that morning, it was still raining, so they moved that to after the Cup Series race. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it was just a marathon. I think they, they got out of, they got out of that track around midnight or 1 o'clock in the morning Man, uh, up at Charlotte on Monday. I feel like it's been raining there since Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, yeah, it was. There was like a, a rainmaker on the week on the coast, like a tropical depression kind of thing. Not strong enough to be, you know, a hurricane to call a tropical storm, but it just dumped rain on that area, nonstop. Remember, we talked with well, we talked with Karen Fustina, who was yeah. in Myrtle Beach. Remember, she, you know, we were here in Myrtle Beach. We just watching the rain, right? Uh, and it just stayed that way all weekend into the start of the week uh, up in North Carolina. But they finally got that race in and they cleared out and. You know, they're out, out, out in uh, St. Louis. We're watching to see how they do coming up today. Are you ready for tonight? Oh, my gosh. I'm already got my my meal set up, ready, really? prepared. Oh, what, 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 what do you have, man? I may I'm, come over. What, what you got? Well, okay, yeah. so I'm probably going to make some pasta. That's okay. my go-to. Okay. And so I'm going to have some pasta. I may even have some dessert. I'm going to go a little crazy. I'm going to have some cookie dough ice cream ready after. Whoa. Yeah, I'm going all in. You I got really? the reclining chair ready. Yeah, this is this is what I'm waiting for right here. Because we, we talked about it. I know we'll talk about it coming up. But yeah. I just think, and I agree with you, I think people are writing it off a little bit too soon. And yeah. so when you have a team that usually takes pride in finding anything to fuel them, I just know they're going to come out motivated, hungry. So, yeah, I'm, there's nothing I enjoy more. Yep, yep. Of course, we're talking about the heat and they're down. And, you know, they they they, uh, they made it hard. They did it the hard way in the Eastern Conference Finals. They had this big lead on Boston, and Boston came back. They're going to make history. Uh, but they end up having to win that game seven in Boston and then go straight from Boston out to Denver. And they kind of looked like it in that first game. Um, but they've had a couple of days to regroup and find some things, and, you know, I think tonight will be interesting. I, I don't think it's going to be like Denver running them off the floor. I agree. Have you ever been to Denver or no? Yes. So that altitude thing, I, I was speaking to one of my friends the other day, and he said he was just visiting family. He ran up the stairs to, yeah. to get some water and came down. He's like, I was out of breath. I'm yeah. like, so is it really that extreme? It is. It is. Wow. It, 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 it is, and if you're out there and you don't compete there often, you know, think about a team that doesn't go out there often on a regular basis, and here you are out there facing these guys. It can have an impact on you. So it, it may have done a little something to them, but, you know, in the course of a season, you know, everybody gets to go and play there at least once. Um, so, you know, they've had a chance to regroup, get acclimated. Uh, I think that shouldn't be as much of an issue with the team today if it was in, in, in game one. Um, so we look forward to that. As a many, many things we look forward to. Boy, at Stanley Cup last night too. That was that was that was pretty dramatic with uh, with Las Vegas winning Game One over Florida. Um, pretty dramatic stuff going on out there too. So they have a one nothing lead in the Stanley Cup Final Series. All right, coming up uh, later on in the hour, we're going to talk French Open. Kara Mustaine of Tennis Panorama News is going to join us. But up next, we're going to dive a deep dive into this NBA playoffs. Going to hear from some of the principals involved into this NBA Final Series Game 2 coming up tonight. You stay with us here on this Sunday morning here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and 92.9thegame.com. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Sam Crenshaw, nine floors up in the Kia studios, looking for Greg. We don't know where he is. He's not with us today. But anyway, we're going to carry on while he's on assignment. That's where we'll say he's on assignment. Want to join us for our conversation anytime during the course of the morning, 404-726-0929. Our new call-in number, 404-726-0929. Of course, you can join us on any of the social platforms at 929 The Game 
Uh, you want to reach out to me on Twitter, or uh, as Deshaun Tate would call it, the Twitter. I'm at Sam Crenshaw23, and Max, on the other side of the glass, is Max underscore Van underscore Algen. Um, and you want to join the conversation or share with us your thoughts uh, on today. Um, on this day, we, Greg always does. He always brings some information. Uh, just some folks born on this day. Born on this day. Uh, actor Bruce Dern. He's now 87 years old. Um, born on this day. Parker Stevenson, actor, uh, who is 71 today. Um, born on this day. Singer Freddie Fender. In 1937. Birthday today. Um, also born on this day, Dr. Ruth. Now you, you know, I'm saying this, and Max, you don't remember this show. The, the, Dr. Ruth Westheimer um, is 95 years old today. And this little old lady is still telling people how to do sex. Because that was her thing on TV. Really? You, you familiar with you had TV shows? A little, little old lady, she's going and she would have people on her show, and she would. 95. Say, hey. All right. Ninety-five years old. I guess she's still people giving people uh, advice about about that. So uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's her birthday today. Angelina Jolie, forty-eight years mm. old today. Uh, just just a few folks who are celebrating birthdays, blowing out the candles on June fourth. Also on June fourth, basketball tonight. That's the main event. We have to wait. You know, and I don't know how you feel about all the days you have to wait in between games. For the finals, they scatter them out. And, uh, but, you know, we had the NHL final last night, and they're not going to play them on the same day. So Saturday was NHL, and today is NBA, and it's game two. And they're playing in Denver. And um, my goodness, we, we saw some things in game one that would give us reason to think, man, this is not going to be a long series. But then, you know, that's kind of Miami, kind of what they've been from the beginning in this playoff. Denver, okay, has been expected because of the season that they had, because of what they're doing, because of the player, you know, and who he has on board with him now. Um, you figure, okay, these guys, you know, could 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 get there, and but but Miami's okay, and they, they get off to the lead against Boston, and then Boston's coming back, and you know, you just remember how their postseason started. Their postseason started with a loss to the Hawks, you know, and here they are now playing in the finals, so. That's why I'm saying, you know, it's like the box of Cracker Jacks tonight, man. You open it up and see what's in there, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, so I think we've all agreed they played the underdog role. Like, that's yeah. what they are. Yeah. So I compared them to Rocky. When does Rocky ever win the early rounds? If you ever that's watch true. Rocky, he yeah. never wins the first couple rounds yeah. or else he wouldn't be coming back. <laughs> right. So in order for them to, to have this Rocky story, I think we all agree they weren't going to sweep the Nuggets. They would have been a six, seven-game series. They're coming off no very little rest after an emotional Game 7. Denver was just sitting there. I think we talked about it with uh, you and Greg. Just They were playing golf. And so, playing golf right out of the pool or something. Yeah, yeah man. Jokic was in the pool. So if they were to lose any game, to me, I feel like it was Game 1. So if you're a Heat fan and you were to play the opposite side, I don't really think there's a need to panic considering everything that was working against you in Game 1. Okay. So you don't you don't panic. Uh, Tyler Hero, we're watching for that. Um, you, you know, and if he comes back, what's the reasonable thing to expect from him? I, mean, I don't think you expect him to come back and score you 20. But, I mean, if he's back healthy enough to go today, what's the reasonable expectation? I th- so that expectation is the key word right there. I'm really shocked on what some people are expecting from Tyler Hero. Like yeah. They're talking about him as if 
Jamal Murray, he's on the same level right there. Like, oh, it's going to be Jimmy and Tyler versus Jamal and Jokic. No, that's not. If that's what your expectations are, I feel like you'll be disappointed. But what I think he could be is a very valuable decoy, someone that can take some, alleviate some pressure from Jimmy. So instead of Jimmy having to just orchestrate everything and be the primary sense of scoring, you at least have someone who can create their own shot because these other role players who have been, he doesn't even call them role players, his teammates who have played a huge role in this playoffs, they don't necessarily create their own shot. Duncan Robinson's coming off the screen. Strauss is coming off the screen. They're spotting up. Tyler does have that capability to create his own shot that can kind of just give some Jimmy some rest every possession now and again, but I don't expect him to be the difference maker on whether they can win the series or not. You want to know also Butler's going to find a way to get to the free throw line, and and that wasn't happening in the, in the, in the first game. So that's, that's the other part of it. Uh, you got a double-double from Bam. It would be nice if they could get that again. That would help a lot. Um, but but uh, they got to get to the free throw strike. He actually talked about that. Do you want to hear what he had to say about attacking the rim? Here we go. We shot a lot of jump shots myself, probably leading that pack instead of um, putting pressure on the rim, getting layups, getting to the free throw line. You know, when, when you look at it during the game, they all look like the right shots. And I'm not saying that we can't as a team make those, but got to get more layups, got to get more free throws. Um, but that's, that's it as a whole. We got to attack the rim a lot more, myself included. So that's what you watch for. That was something that definitely didn't happen in game one. You want to know what's funny, too? This team, this Denver team, they're, it's so crazy in sports, and I think this is what's so fascinating to me, and I'm sure you've, you've seen this in a variety of sports that you've covered. You can go from, oh, we got to blow this up, because right now this could be the year we're like, okay, if Jamal and Jokic don't do it, it could be done, to now we're comparing them to, hey, where does Jamal Murray and Jokic rank on the all-time great <laughs> guard bigs? Are they yeah. Tony and Tim? So it's just so crazy to me to see this no, I don't, I'm not going to call them a dynasty by any means yet. They still haven't won. But the way people are talking about Denver and how they're, they're a juggernaut. Yeah. And it's just crazy to see that narrative change within one season. Well, not just that, within one series. I think a lot of people may say, ah, it's Denver. I'm not even going to watch them. To when they're playing the Lakers, they had more eyeballs on them. Right. You know, you know, more eyeballs because of who was playing on the other team. More people have had a chance to really give this team a good look and be honest about what they've seen. And I think that's the other thing that helped. Playing the Lakers helped them a lot because people tuned right. in to, to check out because who they, who, who they were facing. And I, I was thinking about this, and you know I love analogies. So I, I, was, I was talking the other day with my friends. We've just always done that. And I'm like, you know what Jokic is? I feel like he's like a Tesla. And the reason why I say that is because electric cars initially weren't like the sexy, flashy car. Yeah. They kind of had a bad stigma about them. I, mean, I don't think the NBA ever foresaw them promoting unathletic center a European unathletic center. Yep. I don't think that was their ideal thing. But then all of a sudden you get this Tesla who is the fastest car on the market. He can give you the craziest stats, yet he's crazy efficient. He could drive himself. It's almost like he puts in autopilot. No matter what game it is, he can give you 15 assists and maybe 18 points, or he can give you 40 points. It's just night in and night out. It's almost like he's turned. And there's been the point center before. We've seen Sabonis do it, right. players before him, but not to this extent. And I think when you see – this series, it's the it was the Lakers' worst nightmare. It's the Heat's worst nightmare. It's not him scoring. It's when he gets those other guys involved. And so if you're Miami, I think you just want to make him be the primary scorer, and you, you can't let Jamal Murray be Jamal Murray. Yeah, yeah. Sports Radio 92.9, 92.9thegame.com. Uh, Sam Crenshaw, nine floors up on this on this uh, Sunday morning. You got Max Van Auken, other side of the glass, and we're talking about this NBA game for this coming game two that's coming up tonight 
of the uh, NBA Finals, 27, uh, 10, and 14. Um, my thing about him, I always say, is his vision. He sees everything. He sees all the players on the floor. He sees all the officials. He sees the guy with the bucket of popcorn on row two. He, he, he sees, and that, that, to me, that's his greatest gift. You know, not the fastest, not that, but but he just sees everybody, and it just makes a difference. When when your player has that type of vision, type of court awareness, man, you can see the difference that it makes. And usually you may see that in somebody playing a guard position. But somebody with that size and that capability that sees everything, it's amazing, and that's what we're seeing. And Brendan Haywood texted me. He's been telling me about Jokic for like three years now. And I'm like, oh, come on. And I remember we'd have lunch, and he's like, I'll take him over this person. And this person, I'm like, relax. So <laughs> when they beat the the Lakers, and he knows him and I used to debate about Braun and Jokic for a while. So I was yeah. like, oh, boy. So I woke up the next morning. I even told him the message didn't go through. And he's like, it's okay. I'll send it again. And it was Drago from Rocky. Uh, and that's kind of what it reminds me of, Sam, because he's so emotionless. Like, I don't know if you saw a lot of his post games. But he wasn't even celebrating. He yeah. wasn't thrilled that they won. He was just like, I'm just focused on game two. So when you have a guy with that vision who's just stoic, he's not emotional, it's this like, what do you do? Yeah, yeah. And we have seen, well, we've seen that before. We saw that guy in, in Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan was just emotionless. You couldn't tell if he had done something great or if he'd made a big mistake. He, he, the face just looked the same. That's scary. That's scary. I, I remember like hearing you hear DeMarcus Cousins. He's like, yeah, I tried talking trash to Tim. He's like, you just can't do it. He just doesn't acknowledge you. He compliments you when he scores on you. It's like, how do you do that? And it's, I don't know, this Denver team, I know we talk about how talented they are. I really am curious to see if the Miami can not literally bloody it up, but make it physical, make it a dogfight. Does it become a matchup of the coaches? Because we're talking to a couple of coaches I think that, you know, people, you know, know a little bit about Eric Spolster. And I think because of what he's done with this team, you sit back and you look at his whole body of work and say, okay, you know, this guy is, is, you know, has been in in the game for a long time. We said it's because certain players were there where those guys are gone. This is the difference that, and he's getting them there a different way. Meanwhile, it's happening out in Denver. You you know, you got a coach there who is, I don't know, sometimes he talks, seems like he's got a little chip on his shoulder. You know, because he knows that a lot, lot of people maybe nationally or, you know, don't look at his team as being, like you say, the glamorous or the sexy pick, but here they are winning. And it's because I think because they kind of embody a little bit of those coaches and, and, and what they bring. And I think that's the thing. We talk about coaches making a difference at the college game when it's college tournament time. We always say the coach, that's when the coach earns his keep because you got the one and dones, you got the players that are coming and going. And so, you, you know, the coach is the constant. I think that's kind of we've seen a little bit of that in this series, too. Yeah, you've been ahead of the curve with this. You've been saying it feels like March Madness yeah. since the playoffs started. And it really has, because when you think of coaching, it's like, okay, the NFL coaching really matters. You think of the collegiate level, they could really leave their imprint on a team. It's their organization. It's their program. But the NBA, I think it kind of has this, you could be the coach of the year and get fired feel to it. Yeah. But this postseason, not only can anyone win, Coaching has truly mattered. And would Mike Malone please stop, though? I mean, at some <laughs> point, I'm like, okay, you know what? I love the chip on the shoulder, but I'm listening to him. It's like, okay, Jokic is great, though. It's not like we don't think Jokic <laughs> is great. We were just saying, hey, three MVPs is a lot. Like, that's yeah. all we were saying. Three right. in a row is a lot. That's right. it. Um, but when it comes to Eric Spolstra, yeah, to me, I've been telling this for a while. I think he's the best coach in the world right now. It doesn't mean all time he's better than Greg. It doesn't mean things of that nature. I'm not saying he's better than Phil Jackson right now, but just currently in the playoffs, especially in the postseason, I think his coaching display has been 
um, on full display every single series. We saw it with Boston. Felt like he was coaching laps around Coach Missoula respectfully. Yep. And then now with just the fact that he's brought them to the finals and no one saw them going to the finals, he's going to have to – him and Pat Riley, I'm sure, have had a couple of meetings and they're going to draw the something thing, up. That's the thing, though. You know, if Pat Riley is there and a lot of people feel like, okay, well, Pat Riley's there. So it's a little bit of a shadow that he's had to live in in the minds of some. But this is really his club, and he's yeah. really, really running that. Yeah, yeah, he does benefit from having – obviously benefit from having a Pat Riley down the hall. You can, you, you can chat with him anytime you want to. But, you know, I think he's been there long enough and established stuff. And when you see a season like this one, you say, okay, this guy really is doing this. Yeah, Pat Riley is there. He's an influence, and he's a long shadow to outrun. Uh, but he's sure enough he, to, to me right now is establishing this in his own right. 100%. And if he is able to – and I know we're living in the if world, but that's kind of what we do with sports. So, like, yep. if he were to win this championship – Oh, my goodness. I, I don't, Whoa. Like, we talk about the impact it has on Jimmy's legacy. I think of Eric Spolstra as well because even with his – we say Jimmy's a superstar right now, but going into the postseason, I didn't hear anyone talk Jimmy as they talk about Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. So it's not even like he has the best player with a bunch of guys. He has someone who's pretty good – with a bunch of guys. So yeah. if he's able to do that, that then you start having that conversation of, wow, like where does he rank amongst the all-time great coaches? Yep, yep, absolutely. You got to ask that question, and people will start asking that question, especially if they get a win tonight. I will watch to see. That's coming up later on. Come up in the 9 o'clock hour. Uh, we're going to talk in the 8 o'clock and 9 o'clock hour more about game two of the NBA Finals coming up. But up next, they are playing tennis at this hour. Yes, they are. It's this afternoon right now over in over in Paris. We're going to check in with Karen Fistana coming up and get the latest from the French Open. You stay with us on this Sunday morning here at Sports Radio 929 the game and 929thegame.com. Sports Radio, 99 The Game and 99TheGame.com on this Sunday morning. Um, looking at the temperature today, maybe in the low 80s with a chance of some rain. Yeah, maybe it'd be nice to see some of that uh, cool things off a little bit. It's really, really hot yesterday in the area, so look forward to that. No, my yard could use that. Maybe your yard could use a little rain, too. Um, but but uh, that's what we're doing here this morning. Uh, looking forward in the coming hour get dive into some other things as far as the Falcons go. Of course, they were working out uh, Friday Inside Mercedes-Benz Stadium, but down there for that, Dukes and Bell were there. We had a great time watching the team work out, getting some thoughts and some impressions from some players um, and from some of the coaching staff. And we'll share some of that with you as well. But coming up now, uh, French Open is going on. And, man, uh, they're out on the court today. Uh, looks like it's pretty warm over there in Paris in person. that keeps an eye on all of it and always checks in with us. It's Karen Fisain of Tennis Panorama News joining us down the waitfor.com hotline. Karen, good morning to you. Good morning. How's it going? Doing all right. Watching tennis on this Sunday morning and, um, you know, watching to see. we got some matches coming up that I can't wait to see. But your impressions. We last talked with you on Monday, and there were a lot of American players still in the singles draw, men and women. Boy, that has changed the last few days. It sure has. The last American man uh, went down yesterday, um, Francis Tiafo. Uh, he went down in four sets to Alexander Zverev. And what uh, kills me about that match yesterday is that 
PFO should have gone to a fifth set. He was up 5-3 and serving to close out that fourth set. Didn't happen. Uh, Zverev came back and closed out the match in four sets. It it was just kind of crushing because here you go, uh, Zverev double falls to give a break to TFO. It's like, okay, we're going to be headed to a fifth set, but didn't happen. Uh, He played well, though, and Zverev, good player in his own right. He reached the semis of the French Open last year when he had that horrible accident that uh, in which he uh, almost broke his ankle but pulled a lot of muscles there and was out for months. Yeah, but I think he kind of I think Zverev kind of reminded people who he is uh, in, in, in 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 that match. But I mean, I hit you back on social media. I said, "Look like we're going. Look like big folks going to the fifth set." Didn't. Yeah, ha- that's what I thought too. When I thought, I don't know, <laughs> didn't happen. Close, but uh, close, but no cigars. Yeah, he, he goes out, and Taylor Fritz goes out as as well, and that's the highest ranking ranking uh, American player uh, nationally, right? Internationally, right now. That's true. Um, Fritz, you know, Americans in general, the men more than the women, usually get a bad rap when it comes to the to playing on clay. But I think the people of Fritz's and um, Theofor's generation play better on clay than the generation before. And I guess it's a matter of time for them. I mean, they're still whatever, their mid-20s, if, if that. And, uh, yeah, you know, we'll see what goes. But... The women, there's still three women left. Yeah. Still three women left. One of them, Coco Goff. And Coco got a little bit of a test yesterday, um, you know, when she played somebody younger than she is. How That's pretty amazing. How amazing was that, right? A 16-year-old. <laughs> How does it, you know, not often to have a 19-year-old playing, and she's playing somebody who's three years younger than she is on a big court yeah. at, at, a, at a major. And she drops the first set. She dropped the first set. She had, I think she had a little bit of nerves, but I think her forehand was flying a little bit. And when you're 16 years old and you're just on the tour, I mean, um, Andreva is a, was a qualifier. She has no fear. You have no fear, do whatever. And then, like, yeah, I'm a big court, but, you know, I, all the pressure is on Coco, not on her. So, you know, the first set, real challenge. But then, you know, the professional that Coco is, she righted the ship, as they said, in the next two sets and didn't let the, didn't let her back in. Also moving along in, in doubles, too. People forget that. And she's gonna, they're going to be on the court later on this morning, right? Yes, they are. They're playing a third-round match. Um, Goff and Pagula are the second seeds in the tournament. And let's see if they can make, make it all the way. They probably can. I mean, they're a really good team. They really are. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, but in, speaking of American women playing, got a big match tonight, the night session, the first night session this fortnight at the French Open that's featuring a women's match. Sloan Stevens versus the second seed, um, Arena Zabalenka. This is going to be quite interesting. Now, Stevens has never beaten Sabalenka, as weird as that seems. But Sloan, her favorite surface is clay. Even though she's a U.S. Open winner from 2017, her favorite surface is clay. And she reached the French Open final in 2018, but couldn't close it out against Simona Halep. So this should be a fun match to watch. 
because all the pressure will be on the number two seed, not on Sloan. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm looking forward to see, watching that. Looking forward to that one as well. Folks who are spending time on the waitforit.com hotline this morning with Karen Pistana. And you want to find out anything she has going on with tennis, she is social. You can find her on Twitter at Tennis News TPN, at Tennis News TPN. I want to ask you about the, the, the crowds there in Paris. And we know they always appreciate uh, players if they come in and speak French when they interviewed after matches. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Novak Djokovic was a little, you know, annoyed this week about some of the conduct in some of his matches. And Taylor Fritz got a real dose of it this week. Um, tell us a little bit about that. I mean, the, the French fans, they got a little, little some hissing and some booing and some whistling. Um, and I, and I think, I think Fritz kind of like fed into it a little bit, but he was playing against a Frenchman, but, but, uh, yeah. Novak seems to attract that. And I think he rounds it up when he goes and mentions it after the match. Oh, it, it's true. Uh, with, with Djokovic, but he, you know, he, he's kind of used to battling the crowd in his own way, but, you know, for a professional like him, it helps rile him up in terms of of playing on the court. It incites him to play better. Now, there are few few players that can play well when they're angry. Djokovic is one of them, I I believe. And so, you know, he'll egg the crowd on, say, yeah, boo me, whatever, and then he'll he'll go out there and say, hey, clap for me and everything. He, He does that interaction with the crowd, but... I think it helps motivate him to be quite honest. And the French crowd, oh, yeah, they can be a bit of a terror, and especially if someone's playing a French no, French woman. So, yeah, they really get into supporting their players. They really do. I mean, it's their right to boo, cheer, or do it anything as long as they don't disrupt play or threaten anybody. So, you know, uh, but Djokovic, you know, he takes it all in stride. He's used to it. I mean, he's kind of – it's really weird to say this about him. He's kind of like the third wheel of the of the goat head, the three-headed goat, as I like to call Djokovic, Rafa, and Federer. And sometimes he kind of gets left out. So I think it's a way of him compensating. <laughs> and you know what? He uses it as motivation. Uh, he, yep. he does very well. Talk about the men's draw today on this play. you got your number one seed, Djokovic, your three seed, and Sitsipas, uh, your number five. Um, you know, so the, the, some of the, the players we think could be there in a week are, are on display this morning. Yeah, well, um, Djokovic and Alcaraz are probably headed for a semifinal showdown. Um, well, you know, we'll see. They've only played each other once before. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, you know, Djokovic has so much more experience than uh, Carlito, as people call him, Carlito Alcaraz. <laughs> But um, Alcaraz, you know, he just turned 20. He's number one. He, he, he won't have any fear about playing Djokovic. It'll be interesting to see how that goes, if they if they both make it there. I shouldn't say that's automatic because you never know on the clay. But uh, that'll be a fun match to look forward to once it, if it happens. And meanwhile, left out kind of like out of no one's paying att- really paying attention to Stefano Sissipas. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a good player, and clay is a good surface for him. But he's had some tough losses on that clay as well, especially the French Open final from a couple of years ago when he was up two sets to none on uh, Djokovic and lost. So we shall see, as they say. 
Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Uh, you know, you're talking about the French Open this championship. The doubles draw is going on. Uh, folks in our part, we're keeping an eye on someone who lives in, in, in our area, uh, Taylor Townsend, and to see how she will, will, will do in, in mix. Um, she's already what? She's already got a walk over today. She's already moved on, right? Um, I think actually, I think actually her, let me you know, quick check this, but I think that somehow they withdrew. And I'm. Oh, really? I still can't find out who, why somebody somebody was injured. I don't know if it's Jamie Murray or Taylor Townsend. So I I saw that this morning, and I'm, and I'm like, okay, how did this happen? So when I know, I'll let you know through social media. But it was very strange because I was looking forward to watching them play, and I, somebody withdrew. Yeah. Um, yeah, Murray and Townsend officially withdrew earlier today. So, yeah, I, I thought that was, was a good combination for mixed doubles. Probably maybe when Wimbledon comes in a few weeks, that would be a great pairing. Uh, I mean, good good grass court players, both great doubles players in both lefties. But, yeah. yeah, I don't know the reason for that, honestly. I'm waiting to hear. We'll wait and see what happens with that as well. She's um, done remarkable all things that she's had to juggle now, you know, being a, a mom and, uh, and getting back on court and, and having so much success in the doubles and, and on a lot of tournaments. So we really we're looking forward to something uh, positive from her. She's been a great story for us to follow. Yeah, she's had, you know, had her ups and downs. I mean, I was in Australia when she won uh, the junior Australian Open title at 15. And uh, that, that was a great, great event for her. It really, you know, brought her out. I mean, yes, yeah, she was a top junior then, but it was really good to see, having seen her from the beginning, as it were. Folks, we're spending time on the WaitForIn.com hotline with Karen Fistane of Tennis Panorama News, keeping up with all things tennis. And as we talk about this time of year, the U.S. players go over and they play. And, and we, I talked with Martin Blackman down at USTA down in, in, uh, in Florida. And the fact mm-hmm. that they do have um, some clay that they yeah, really they do. right? And you, you hope mm-hmm. that that's maybe that's been something that's kind of helped as well um, with the U.S. players. They're able to prepare on something that really imitates the surface. It's true. Um, a, a good portion of those courts at the USA campus in Orlando are clay because they want them to become better clay court players, especially the men, if I can say. Uh, <laughs> because the the U.S. women don't seem to have issues with clay, but the men, the men do. And, and maybe it's because um, sometimes big serves are nullified on that surface. And um, so many of the U.S. men coming up, all the men in general, like to have those big serves, like Fritz, like TFO. And the clay kind of nullifies that power. But, uh, but yeah, it's great that the USCA campus has all those clay courts because they really need to step up the clay game in general. Um, yeah. Because yeah. other than, uh, let's see, um, let me see, with the la- uh, you know, Serena uh, for the women, and I can't even remember the last – U.S. men's player that won the French Open. It's, 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 <laughs> it's really been a while, right? right you know, because um, you, and it's gotten to the point where you go there and you say, well, let's let's just make it to the second week. Can we just make it to the second week? I think that's the thing. And um, it, it is a difficult surface. I remember talking to, to Brian Shelton about it, who announced his retirement this week. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. 
um, from uh, coaching down at University of Florida. I wow. guess you know. I guess you know what. I guess he wants to be parent and just travel yep. with his son. Travel the tour. Can yep. you can you blame him for that? No, I can't. And you know, it's it'll be good for him. I mean, and he you know, and he's been through that experience himself many years ago. So absolutely, absolutely. I, I remember talking with him about uh, playing at the French Open. I said, "What is so hard about it?" He says, "It's a surface that exposes any weakness." And that, that could be physically, it could be your, your, your endurance, it could be your patience, it could be your creativity, um, because it allows all those different things to come into play. Yeah, you really have to craft points on that surface because you just can't power your way through it. You can't just blast people off the court with, it, you know, with power on that surface because, like I said, the clay kind of nullifies power. So, yeah, you really have to strategize on that surface. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, Karen, we appreciate you checking in with us. Interesting day. We were watching the men this morning and watch for Sloane Stevens later on today. The nighttime match is in the spotlight. See if she can pull through, keep some Americans in that draw until next week. Yeah, that's true. Well, we'll see. All right, Karen. Well, thanks so much for the time. Always great catching up with you. And we'll see where Greg is. We think Greg's hanging out at Bucky's or somewhere. Or maybe, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if we can't have it back, back in here next week. All right. All right, then. Thanks a lot. All right. That is Gary Pistay, the Tennis Panorama News, talking about the French Open and the challenges that the American players face uh, when they play in this event, uh, looking to see if Sloane Stevens can move on to, to, uh, to another round as she will be playing in the nighttime match tonight over there that will be about, uh, about 2.30, 3 o'clock our time uh, this afternoon. So we'll see what happens with that. All right, coming up next, Going to be joined by former Falcons linebacker Chris Straff. Going to be in studio. Going to talk some Falcons football. Going to talk some college football. And the White Ribbon Project, so much more. It's going to hang out for the next couple of hours. You stay with us on this Sunday morning here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and 92.9thegame.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.